so good to see each and every one of you. Good morning and welcome to Welcome Family Baptist Church. This is the day the Lord has made. We should rejoice and be glad in it. It is so good to see those smiling faces and those twinkling eyes out there this morning. And I'm telling you right now, because it's so hot, we need to remember that we should thank God every day. And you say, wait a minute, why are we thanking God because it's so hot? Because being hot right now reminds us of a place we're not going to go because of Jesus. Thank God. If you can't say that this morning, it's my prayer that you'll be able to say that. You'll put Jesus in your heart and become a Christian and not be headed to that place. All right, with that being said, I want to welcome you to visiting with us. Please take the time to fill up the little visitor card. You'll find the front of you, place an altar, place something around so we can have a record of your visit. We greatly appreciate that. you joining us online this morning. We want to welcome you as well as you consider being here in the sanctuary with us and experiencing what God is doing in Welsh Family Baptist Church. Come and be a part of that. And speaking of what's happening in Welsh Family Baptist Church, let me tell you a little bit about what's coming up today. At 4 o'clock, we'll have a ministry team meeting. At 4.30, we'll have choir practice inside of the choir room. 6 o'clock, our evening worship service. And let me tell you, you don't want to miss out on that. It's going to be a lot of fun in that. Uh, starting Monday night, well, not starting, but Monday night, we'll continue with our Experience in God classes there and, and week 8 there. And uh, Tuesday night, uh, our ladies haven't picked up in their, their Bible study yet, but they will here soon as they are planning their uh, ladies' retreat in August. You'll get more information about that in the bulletin or more information on the website. So feel free to get uh, involved in that. Wednesday night Bible study, 6.30. Now, something special happening there. Uh, we're going to have our 4 10 June presentation. Ms. Perry uh, uh, Castleberry is going to be here. She's going to do a monologue from the life of Corey Tinsburn. And you say, well, who's Corey Tinsburn, Pastor? Well, she's an interesting person. Her family, during the Holocaust, hid Jews inside of their house and inside of their workshop. And they ended up getting caught and ended up going to a concentration camp themselves. And so Corey Tinsburn spent her life telling people how God delivered her from the tyranny of the Nazis and how they made it through some of these hard times. So it's going to be very powerful and very interesting presentation. We'll invite you to that. We'll take a love offering after that presentation from Ms. Castleberry. So it's going to be an interesting time, uh, and, and we'll invite you to do that. The youth will be here. The children will be here to see that as well. It's kind of like a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. So come and be a part of that Wednesday night at 6.30. Well, Thursday night, we'll pick back up with men's Bible study at 6.30. For Saturday coming up, we're going to have an interesting morning. We'll have, uh, this is the 15th, we'll have prayer breakfast at 7 a.m., We'll have our admin team at 10.30. Somewhere in the middle there, around 8.30, we'll have security team meeting. And I'm not sure, but I think for some reason, we're going to have our work day at 15. Is that right? Y'all are looking at me like a cast at a brand new game. <laughs> like a Dallas Cowboy at the end zone. That's what I'm looking at. Can't wait. <laughs> I had to get that from my brother Robert. All right, so we'll have that day, uh, work day coming up here soon, and we'll get involved in that. I believe it's either the 15th or the 16th, but I can't remember which days it was. So, but there's some interesting things that are happening there, and that's going to be going on through this week. And as we begin praying a little bit about what's coming up in August, in August we'll have a community outreach. We'll have our, our get ready to go back to school, ice cream social. We'll have our drive to get the kids involved and help our kids get back to school in that. So if you know some families that need some help in that, your family needs help that. Please contact Ms. Amber. She'll be heading up our community out 
so it's good to begin that ministry here very, very, very soon in that. All right. Uh, with that being said, I want to share with you a little bit about our last week's outreach. So I want to thank you for that. For those of you that participated in our July 4th outreach, first of all, at 12 o'clock, so about 4 o'clock, we had a community outreach here, Ralph Landry Baptist Church. We had a lot of visitors. We gave out several dollars of tracts. It was a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful time of fellowship. Those who prayed for it, those who supported it, those who worked in it, a great big thank you from the bottom of my heart. It was very successful. We had well over 100 people here, and it was a lot of fun. God bless you in that. But it didn't stop right there. That was July 4th. We went out to the park, though, at about 6 o'clock. We had several, several, several meetings out there, and we gave out, which is now, over $600. They gave out 400 bottles of water. Yes, praise God. Wonderful thing, and on top of that, we had a gentleman who worked with the, uh, the sponsoring group that put together that show. They said they found one or two gospel tracks on the ground. That is it. So all those went home with somebody. Thank you, Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Again. Well, one last thing you may have missed out on last night, right here in the sanctuary, from Saturday gathering together. We had quite a few people show up for our first family fun screening night, and it was a lot of fun. If you missed out on that, you missed out on the blessing. Uh, the Holy Spirit came down. It was a wonderful, wonderful time. And I'm telling you, I'm surprised Glenn doesn't have to get a fire extinguisher to put the fire out on that piano. And it was moving and grooving last night. It was a lot of fun. And we'll plan that again on our fifth Sunday. I think our next fifth Sunday will come up in, in uh, October. So we'll start planning that as well, fifth Sunday of singing. So please pray about that as well. All right. I think that's it for the announcements, unless I forgot something. Anybody? Amen. I think I got them all. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. And after we pray, let's just rise and welcome one another. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. And oh, how we thank you for this day. Thank you for your love and for your peace. We ask for it in that. Your spirit would move into our hearts this morning. As we worship you, may we worship you in truth. The spirit may actually take charge, Lord God, that your goodness might show to each and every one of us, Lord God. And we pray that if there be anyone this morning who needs to come to know you, trust the Lord and save you. If any church members are out traveling, Lord, or that are on the this morning, if you let them know they're loving their prayer for and they're missing, if you're going to take them Go with us now for a time of worship. May we give you the praise, the honor, and glory in all of your deeds. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So please rise and welcome one another.
Amen. Yes. Blessed be the name of the Lord. If you are interested in getting involved in that, there are meetings today at 430 in the choir room. And uh, they could use your help in that. Blessed be the name of the Lord. There's something wonderful about praising God. Amen. Something sweet about that. If you're not praising God, well, you're here for the wrong reason. You can get into praising God. So it's all about, you notice our theme this morning that ran through our worship. It was all about worship. So let me ask you a question. Are you worshiping? Are you worshiping? If you have your Bibles, you can come to the priest of the prophet Isaiah. Like a coach. Like a coach. Now, it's been my pleasure over almost three years now, and before that, uh, ten years at the last church I pastored, and before that, ten years at the last church I pastored there, to wear a suit coat every Sunday morning. I've done that. It's my tradition. Generally speaking, I wear a tie. Most of the time, I will. Every now and then, I won't wear a tie. If something special going on, like a baptism or something, because. Um, well, to be honest with you, when you pull those waders on, that's what goes uh, under my suit coat or under my baptistry robe to keep it from getting wet. But I'll be honest, I'm so short, nothing can stop that from happening. True. True. Um, but I, I, if I stuff my tie down in the, in the waders, my tie will curl up for the rest of the service. So I've learned throughout the years to try to leave that tie off on a baptistry day, but sometimes I do forget. And it's a habit to do that. But I, I like to wear a coat. Uh, I love it for a lot of reasons. Uh, number one, I think they make folks look good. Uh, we have a couple folks here that wear suit coats, and I think you guys look phenomenal. Uh, one of these days, I will learn your fashion and get along with that. So I'm not a, a very fashion savvy person. Um, once uh, Betsy was holding my laundry, and I looked at this big pile of black and gray and blue, and I'm like, whose drab colors are that? She's like, yours. True. So that was the day I decided to start. You know, I got some different colors in there, and so I'm trying nowadays. But I always resort back to the black and the gray, uh, just the colors that I feel comfortable with. So if you have your Bibles with you, come to the priest of the prophet Yeshayahu, Isaiah, Yeshayahu chapter 61, Yeshayahu, Isaiah 61, verses 1 to 3. I'll give you a second to turn there, and let me just tell you, I love here those pages turn. If you have an electric Bible, go ahead and turn it on. I'd love to tell you, I'd love to hear those buttons push, but that doesn't sound right, does it? Isaiah 61. Let's begin. Verse 1, the Bible says, The Spirit of the Lord is the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. Proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord at the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. Shall we go to the Lord in prayer? Our Father who art in heaven, we come to you in Jesus' name, and we want to thank you for your word. And I pray. 
pray right now, Lord, your word will work in our hearts to stop and bring it to your soul. Let it cut down deep into us, Lord. Let there be anyone who needs to come to know you personally, Lord, save you. There anyone, Father God, that needs to get right with you this morning. There anyone, Father God, that needs to be a part of us now. We need to save you, Lord. We bless you. We praise you. We give you all the glory, even now, in Jesus' holy name. Now, some of you will recognize this as Jesus' one of Jesus' first messages. He does. He goes to the synagogue and he handed the prophet Isaiah and he reads from that scripture. He reads about, hey, the uh, Spirit of God is upon me. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. I've been anointed to preach the gospel unto the poor, unto the captive, unto the sick. Of course, he kind of kind of stopped right about there. And with the anticipation of a lot of the other uh, Pharisees, if you will, or Jews of the time, want him to finish that particular scripture. What is it that Jesus leaves out? He leaves out that which is to come in vengeance on the day of the Lord. But right now, praise God, we're living in an age of grace. Now, I want to talk about that for a second. What does it mean to live in the age of grace? Well, let me just be honest with you. There are lots of people out there who believe in dispensationalism. There's lots of people out there who believe in other things that are in the Bible. But there's no doubt about that. We are living in the church age. And what does that mean, to live in the church age? That means we're living in a time where you can still get saved. You can still be right with Jesus Christ. You can set your soul in an eternal motion to be with God forever and ever. That is an age of grace. Yeah. That's where we're at right now. That's where we're at. Though I believe that age is coming to an end. Big time. Remember what the Bible tells us, that he with the train is pulled out of the way. And let me tell you, can't wait for that to happen. Because one of these days, we're going to hear that trump. The clouds are going to split open. We're going to see Jesus Christ. And we, which are alive and remain, will be caught up with Him into heaven and live forever. Somebody say amen this morning. I'm going to preach myself happy. Amen. So, we get the picture then of Jesus. What He said then about preaching the gospel to the poor, to the brokenhearted, to the captive. And that's not what we're going to focus on we're going to focus on a little bit on verse 3. Where the prophet Isaiah says, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaven. The garment of praise. What do you suppose that would look like if you could get a of What do you think would go on that garment of praise? Would it be colorful? Would it look like my wardrobe? Usually black and gray. <laughs> What do you suppose the garment praise would look like? Do you think it would be beautiful? Do you think it would be colorful? Do you think it would be a conversation piece? Or do you think it would just be fun? What do you suppose it would look like? Well, Isaiah gives a description, and by the way, he gives a description as a polar opposite to something. It's the opposite to the spirit of heaven. And those of you that have been in the spirit of depression before, and those of you right now that have that heavy spirit upon you, you know who I'm talking to. I'm not talking to any stranger this morning. We are family, and God loves you, and I love you, and Robert Avenue Church loves you. That spirit of heaviness, we can see it upon you, and I want you to know God's got a message for you, and that message is there's a garment of praise. There's a garment of praise. It's opposite. I believe Jesus preaches to those who will hear the gospel, those who will repent, 
those who are trusting Him, they are the ones that get set free. They are the ones that get anointed. They are the ones that watch the dead come back to life. They are the ones that receive this joy. And as a Christian, though, you get a choice in certain matters. Did you know that? Of course you do. You believe in free will, don't you? I know you do. You freely chose to be here this morning. That ought to be truth enough. Fact. Fact. Free will is so defined throughout the Bible. It's in there. It's me. It's unarguable. Free will. You just choose whether you want to be a Christian. You just choose whether or not you're going to receive Jesus Christ. You just choose. You get a choice in that. You know what else you get to choose? Are you ready for this? You get to choose whether or not you're going to praise God or whether you're going to stay in that spirit of sin. In other words, you get to dress yourself. Isaiah said that, hey, it's a garment of praise. And we'll give it to you, and you get to put it on if you want to. You get to dress yourself. Now, granted, when I was a young boy, and incidentally, I got to look back at the photos as I was preparing for this message, and I looked at photos of my childhood, and well, I couldn't help but think of, I didn't really care the way I looked when I was a kid, and obviously, by the way I was dressed, my parents didn't care either. <laughs> and the way we see some Christians this morning, some of us have to be excited the look at us. We should be the happiest people in the world. In fact, some of us Christians probably look like that. Granted, some of you Christians are like, that's not so bad. I don't know what you're eating, but stop eating it. Some of you are like, that's today's fashion. Wrong. Wrong. That is a tablecloth in a shallow curtain put together. Man, I'll only get started on those things. You know, of course, now that I put the picture out, what should be in Vogue magazine? Okay. <laughs> All right. I think my point is this, though. A lot of us like to make our fashion as Christians look like that. And I'm not talking about your physical wear. I'm talking about what you're wearing spiritually. I'm talking about what you're putting out to the world, the message you're putting out to the world, your attitude, your all-over composition, what makes you who you are. We are putting out a message that looks crisscross like that young lady. We're walking around being joyful. Then we're walking around being sad. We're walking around being truthful. Then we're walking around lying. Are you hearing me this morning? I feel, though, that before I go further, I need to describe this next slide for showing the team. My boys, when you're going to see, they're going to know what this is. It's called frost branding. I can see them shaking their head. Right now, I can see my two older boys that they're watching online. One of them probably is. The other one, I can almost guarantee, is a place for them, too. I love them so much. But they brought cross branding knowledge into my house. What is cross branding? That's where you will wear something of one branch and something else, like this. <laughs> that's a cardinal sin, right, in today's fashion. Did you know that's also a cardinal sin in Christianity? I'm not talking about your actual physical shoes and your socks. I'm talking about we put things on of the world and we go around cross-branding God and the world. Are you, are you hearing me? Think about how that works in Christianity. When you put on the garment of praise, you're pulling things in the world off your 
got your garment of praise on. You're full of joy. The Holy Spirit is upon you. And what's coming out of your mouth? tells us God does not share his table with the schemes. The book of James tells us that if we make ourselves a friend of the world, we make ourselves an enemy of God. Yet there are plenty of us who dress ourselves in the garment of praise and then turn around and put on things of the world. We put on anger. We put on malice. We put on envy. We put on jealousy. We put on territorialism. We put on fear. We put on anything and everything that goes against the garment of praise. We want to wear salvation, but we emphasize that stuff too. Oh, God can save me, but one of these days, He's going to take me out of this pain. Excuse me. And you need to listen to this closely. If Jesus has already saved you, you ain't got nothing to complain about. Not a thing to complain about. You've got a home coming in heaven, a mansion on a hilltop, and we're worried about what's happening in this world today. Really and honestly, we should be looking far away to that which is coming when He comes and gets us. And I don't know about you, but there's nothing going to compare about what He says. Well done, my good and faithful friend. We want to wear our salvation with emphasizing something. In other words, we want to cross-brand what God has given us world. Oh, God, fix this for me. He already has. you got a brand new body coming. That's right. I'll tell you what mine's going to look like. I'll put in a special oil. <laughs> but if I could, if I could, he'd be six foot tall. He'd be skinny, about 180 pounds. He'd still have my blue eyes, but he'd not have glasses anymore. Praise God. I'm telling you, you old folks, let me just get on the soapbox for a minute. You know, not too long ago, about 25, 30 years ago, we had a weird sect of people in Waco, Texas, called the Branch Davidians. Y'all remember those weirdos? I know you do. And they took their leader as Jesus Christ incarnate, and I'm thinking, there he is wearing glasses, you bunch of morons. You know? He's supposed to be perfect with a brand new body. The only scars you can see are the nail holes in his hands and his feet. And they believe that that particular moron was Jesus. I thought to myself, how did that happen? You know how that happened? Because we're not really proclaiming Jesus the way we should be. You understand who Jesus is? He is son of God. You understand what he did for us? He died for us. He showed God's love for us. He never once misconstrued that. The message has never changed. No, no, no. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish. We start cross branding and we end up with David Let's get back to the Bible. It is a polar opposite. Polar opposite to the spirit of heaviness. We're not talking about 
Isaiah was praying on something that all of you know well. In fact, you know it well. You probably have not put it together yet, and perhaps you have. You can know it quite well because it's a picture that's throughout your Bible of when we're sad, or when we're uh, repenting, or when we're somehow or another protesting something. We would put on a particular garment, and we would take ashes and put it on top of our head. You know what garment that was? Sure you do. Throughout your Bible, sackcloth. You put on sackcloth. You say, what is sackcloth? The reason why I chose this coat this morning because it looks like sackcloth, but thank God it doesn't feel like that. What is sackcloth? Burlap. Could you imagine wearing burlap? Could you imagine that? You know, all the rage here lately. I've done a lot of weddings lately. A lot of these young girls are choosing burlap in their wedding. And it's pretty. Don't get me wrong, but I'm thinking... You know, we would put that on as a sign of repentance and remorse. And you want to put it up now as a sign of joy. Well, whatever you do, don't wear it as a curse. It's bound to be itchy. Somebody say amen. <laughs> but the picture of Isaiah, this garment of praise, the idea is you put on a coat. You put on a coat, much like you put on your sackcloth and ashes. You cast ashes on your head. When you put on the garment of praise, you're sliding it over top of you like a tolly, like a prayer shawl. You're sliding it over top of you, and you're putting something on top of your head called praise. You see, Christian, you've been given a coat. You have. And you get to wear it whenever you want to. And that's the problem is most of us put it in the closet and we leave it. You've been given a coat. You've got a choice to wear it. You've got a choice to start praising. Or you've got a choice to start pitying. Which one are you in? Now, here's what a coat does and does not do. Remember, we're talking about coats quickly now. This is garment of praise. It's a coat. What does a coat do? Well, number one, and you need to understand this, number one, a coat does not change the weather. Are you hearing me? It does not change the weather. That means if you put your coat on and go outside and it's 150 degrees, lo and behold, it's still going to be 150 degrees when you go outside. Did you know that if you put on your coat and it's a raincoat and you go outside when it's raining, it's still going to be raining. You know if it's a coat that's designed to keep you from the cold and it's cold outside, it's still going to be cold when you go outside. So we can understand that coats do not the weather. And that's what we're going to first look at this morning with our garment of praise that we need to start putting on is number one, you don't change the weather. Your praise, when you start choosing to praise God, it doesn't change the weather. What it does is change how you go out in it. Somebody needs to get excited this morning because I'm preaching to you this morning. You need to think about that. All our lives we've been saying, I want to complain, complain, complain. When the Bible tells us, stop complaining. Start praising, praising, praising. And when you start praising, it's not going to change the weather. It's not going to change what you're going through. What it does is change how you go out into it. Are you hearing me this morning? Do you want some victorious Christian living? Then the first thing you got to start doing is get rid of that garment of misery and start putting on the garment of praise. Because it's your choice whether you praise God or whether you complain to God. Because you've got every reason to start praising God. What's number one reason? He gave His only begotten Son. Number two, He didn't leave us alone. He gave us the Holy Spirit. Number three, He gave us His Word to hold on to. We're not left orphans. We're not left defenseless. We're not left without a plan of action. we got everything we need. Somebody praise God. It's time for us to start praising Him. It's time for us to understand when we praise God, it doesn't change the weather. It changes how we go out into it. When you put on the garment of praise, 
you're prepared to go out into a world of complaining. Are you one of those Christians that complains, 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 complains? Let go of the complaining spirit. Pick up the spirit of praise. You're going to find it's going to change the way you feel about everything and everybody. You ever read that one person that comes around? That comes around, and every time he or she comes around, you're thinking to yourself, Oh, dude. Oh, just come. You know, it's a shame when the world looks at a Christian like that. Because Christians are starting to come around like that. Oh, I'm a born-again, blood-bought, redeemed believer. But i got to go up here and tell somebody my misery and my woe. You need to go up and tell somebody that your misery and your woe have already been fixed in Jesus Christ. That no matter what happens, you got a mansion on the hilltop. No matter what's happening in this world today, whether or not the economy falls, whether the United States stays the same, divides, or is destroyed, it doesn't matter because we have the victory in Jesus. Start praising and quit complaining. Are you hearing me? All you got to do is put on a coat. All you got to do, yeah, a coat can be hot sometimes. When I get finished preaching, one of the things people tell me is, Pastor, you're sweaty. And I said, well, that's, that's a side effect of being fat. Amen. <laughs> See, you might take a look at me and say, I wish my pastor was thin. I'm going to tell you, thin may be in, but fat is where it's at, baby. That's right. I got a, a doctor's excuse. I suffer from Dunlap disease. My belly's Dunlap. Those are my belly. <laughs> Thank God in that. Here's the deal. And here's the picture, though. Quit complaining and start praising. We've got every reason to praise our God. He's given us every victory and therefore every hallelujah ought to be directed at Him. He's done everything for us. All we got to do now is succeed by living in Him and through Him and by Him. And the world will never defeat His church. Somebody say amen. That's what we need to start doing. Start praising. We've got a reason to praise God. We've been complaining. For far too long, the church started wringing its hands saying, Oh my goodness, homosexuals are working in our schools, and we stood by and let them kick the children of God out. We should have been praising God all the way into the schoolhouse, and we'd still be praising God right now. We should be praising God everywhere we go. We have a reason to. He saved us, He loved us, He lived for us, now He intercedes for us, and church, let me tell you something, He's coming back for us. Praise God. You go out when it's cold and you got your coat on, you're ready for it. You're ready for it. You go out when it's raining and you got your coat on, you're ready for it. But where most Christians complain is when it gets hot. We like to take that coat off. And let me tell you, nothing makes a Christian more miserable than a little heat. Now we're going to look at that figuratively, like I said. We're looking at the garment of praise a little bit figuratively this morning. We're looking at figuratively. You ever put a little heat? Under a Christian foot, like to sweat a little bit. The coat of praise will come off, and the coat of complaining will come right back on. It does. Don't be that person. Be the one that prays. Be the one that prays. Understand, coats don't change the environment. Coats let you walk through. Understand that praising God won't change what you're going through. What it does is it enables you to walk on through. It is a coat that protects you from the rain from the cold, from the sleep, even from the fire. It's a coat that keeps you safe. Keep praising God, even though this world is falling apart. Are you going through something right now? And you see, I don't know where God's working. I don't know how God's going to do it. But I want to assure you this morning that if you are truly a Christian, God has not turned His eye away from you. 
He still got you by the hand. He will never leave you, nor will He forsake you. And if you will trust Him, He will take you through whatever you're going through right now. And at the end, there will be victory. Somebody say amen. That's what truth does. And that's what we're supposed to be doing as a child of God. Isaiah told us, get rid of that coat of misery. Get rid of it. That spirit of heaviness. You feel a little weighed down? Is it getting too heavy for you? You need to understand what Jesus said this morning. Jesus told us, He said, Come unto me, all ye who labor and are heavy laden. Come unto me, and I will give you rest. Are you tired? Have you been tired lately? Are you ready to come to Jesus? I'll tell you something. We're going to get a lot tired of it But we're beginning to feel the spirit of We're beginning to feel the truth, aren't we? We're beginning to feel gaze of the world. You better get the coat on. You better get the praising. You better get the praying. You better get the preaching, teaching, witnessing. You better get to doing what he told us to do because he's coming back and I mean you. Get the coat on. Get the coat on. You say, Pastor, it's not cold outside. No, it's Texas. It's 107 out there. <laughs> but let me tell you, Coat may be hot, but you know what coat keeps? It keeps you from getting sunburned. This world will burn you up, Christian, the moment you get it. You expose me, your skin is going to kiss it with a fiery kiss, leaving a blister and a welt and cancer and anything else that's in this world. Will put your coat of praise on. Put your garment of praise on. Now, as we begin to understand what coat can and cannot do, you don't change what you're going through. Changes as you go on your feet. Put your coat on. We talked a little bit about what Jesus did. Jesus tells us in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 6. He says, Guys, anybody take from you your garment? Give them your coat on. Let's talk a little bit about that. Let's talk quickly about that before we end here. You say, Pastor, you're ending quickly this morning. Praise God. One of these days, we've got to be connected with the Taco Bell. We're working on that. We're working on that. Here's my point, though, this morning. My point is you might have your coat of praise on, your garment of praise on. And as you walk through this world, you're going to come across Christians. Now you are. You're going to come across other Christians who are defeated. Other Christians who are down in the dark. Other Christians who are reaching out saying, give me a hand, pick me up, give me a lift up, give me some encouragement. Do you know what you need to do? Take that coat off and give it to them. And I promise you, not only are they going to get up on their feet, but God's going to give you another coat because it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. And if you will let your praise fall onto another child of God, you're going to watch a down spirit become an up spirit. And for them that are defeated to become victorious, I love it when one on fire Christian gets around a bunch of defeated Christians, they start getting on fire. And the one who puts water on them is the one who gets mad. Are you around anybody like that? The one who puts water on them, nine times out of ten, isn't a Christian. They're going around saying, well, God isn't Christian for you. God isn't Hey, God's not a genius. You don't love the lamp and get three wishes. Yes, amen. Far too many churches are preaching that. God's not a reward. God's not a, let me do something for your good behavior. God is saying, you better be on good behavior too. We're supposed to be moral people, living moral 
in Brahma's praying. When we give our Brahma praise to the feeding system, watch them stand up. Watch them pick up your praise. Watch them be re-energized. And then you, like a soldier, the moment starts over, go back to Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon you because He has anointed you to respond. Those are spiritual gifts. They're not just for poor people without money. It's for poor people in spirit. Give them the garment of Give them to those that are brokenhearted, those that are downhearted, those that are carrying the spirit of heaviness. Give them the garment of praise. Let them see your joy. Let them come into your joy. Your joy is contagious. Listen to what Jesus said. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted. That's our job. Reach out to those that are brokenhearted. You might say this morning, Pastor, I'm brokenhearted. You know what? Jesus is still in the heart. He is still in the business of saving souls. He's still in the business of changing lives. He's still in the business of making things right. Jesus says to proclaim liberty to the past. And we're in captivity this morning to alcohol, to drugs, to pornography, to anger. But what are you attracted to? Would you be willing to come to Jesus this morning and say, Make me I want to put on the wrong of Jesus. The Bible tells us the opening of the prison to those who are favorite verse in the message. Opening of the prison to those who are bound. Are you caught? Are you not in alcohol? Not in drugs? Not in anger and anger? Have you been bound up in family addiction? Have you been bound up in misunderstanding? Have you been bound up in something that's holding you back saying, one of these days, I'm going to get it right with God. I know if you get it right with God, but I'm going to let you off. the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance, out of God, comfort all who are willing to come. Be willing to come. Console those who mourn in Zion. Give them beauty to ashes. We're talking about that ash on top of the wood. Give them beauty, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit. Be willing to come. We stand in our city. Of the Lord that He may be glorified. Be willing to do this this morning. I'm praying for the Lord today. Jesus is focused this morning. Be willing to come. Give your heart to Him. Perhaps you say, Pastor, I am a Christian. But I need to get right with Him. Be willing to come this morning and give your heart to Him. Say, Father, forgive me. Perhaps you are saying, Pastor, I am a Christian. I am right with God, but I need a fellowship. Be willing to come and be a part of our family. Whatever God is calling you to do, we want to celebrate with you. We want to praise God. Father, we come to you now in Jesus' name. Oh, how we thank you for your word. Your word is quick and it is powerful. It is indeed sharper than any two-edged sword. 
you want to be removed from the Spirit of Heaven and grab a hold of the garment of praise and give us praise in that. Oh, Father God, would you bless any of us? Would you get right with us? And we need the Lord God to be a part of our family. Let them have the strength to come. And in Jesus' name, we pray. you come as we sing?
together as a church. Ask God's blessing for 50 more years. And we really got to pray for Sister Anita as well as Brother Marlon. You know? I wonder if y'all would pray with me as a church, as one body, this wonderful couple. Father God, we thank you in Jesus' name. I just pray right now, my Brother Marlon, what they mean to you, Lord God. How long I've known them, and what you've done to them, and what you've been through them, his ministry, Lord God. Father, they want to thank you in the bottom of their heart for 50 years together. You're the author of that, Lord. And I just pray, Lord, that you would give them as much time as possible here on the earth today. I know that they will be together forever because you've ordained them to the I touch them with your spirit, Lord. And I want to thank you, Lord, for their commitment to each other and their commitment to you. And I ask you, Lord, God, to continue to bless them, continue to use them, continue to lead them and guide them and direct them as husband and wife, Lord God, and for that day to take them home, Lord. And even then, I know, Father God, Congratulations, 50 years. All of y'all are great models. We thank you for that 50 years. And you know, they're still dressed in too, amen? Praise God for that. Well, let's close in that word of prayer.